0: Step into HR success with AIM HR Solutions. As your trusted partner, we are here to empower you on your HR journey. Whether your team is small, or in transition, or simply seeking extra support. Introducing our dynamic contract HR services designed to bring ease and efficiency to your operations. Imagine the peace of mind knowing you have a dedicated partner handling compliance, employee relations, and so much more. Let AIM HR Solutions be your guiding light HR success. Visit aimhrsolutions.com for more information. Hello everybody, welcome to Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR from AIM HR Solutions on True Story FM. Are you tired of feeling like the fashion police when it comes to enforcing dress code in your workplace? Hey, on Zoom meetings, are you tracking what tops people are wearing? That's all right. We're going to talk all about fashion. HR as Fashion Police, the works with our uh, real resident fashionistas ourselves. We have Terry Cook and Sarah Piscatelli on the show this week. I'm really excited to talk to you all about fashion. Okay, it's not really fashion we're talking about because we're not judging people's fashion so much as we are talking about dress code. Terry, Sarah, welcome to the show this week. Glad to have you both here. How did this end up on our editorial calendar for a podcast this, this season? Terry, do you want to start?
1: Sure. I think it's definitely been coming up more and more since the pandemic. Since we had people working remotely, then hybrid, some in person, dress code has changed drastically in the workplace. So, A lot of companies actually have been reading recent articles that when they want somebody to come back to work, some of the argument employees make is when they're at home, they're saving money on clothes, new clothes, dry cleaning, and all of that. And then the workplace itself has become a little more informal. A lot of our workspaces have changed. They've become smaller in size, less formal meetings, more phone Zoom meetings, different teams meetings. So um, I think it's bec- it's been more prominent since the the, pa- the pandemic itself that's caused us to have these conversations. Sarah, would you agree?
2: I would. Yeah, it was certainly trending that way. You know, business casual was getting ever more casual, but now I think I, I have even heard of companies that have revised their dress code in order to get people back to work. Right, They're trying to get people back in the office. So it's uh, the rules have really been relaxed
0: relaxed rules seems like maybe it's okay. We have a broader spectrum of things that we can wear to work. Why is this a problem? Sarah, why is this a problem?
2: It's not necessarily a problem, but I, I, I would advise that you have some sort of a dress code so that people aren't wearing, you know, things that are entirely inappropriate for whatever setting you're in, right? They might come in with a t-shirt that has an offensive slogan on it, something like that. You'd like to be able to say you're going to have to change, cover it up, go home, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So so there, there really is a need to have some general rules around it, you know, and, and the ones, the policies that We have model policies. I've seen a lot in handbooks that are reviewed, and a lot of them will just specify things that are not acceptable in the workplace. You know, open-toed shoes, shorts, things like that. You know, so they just at least have some some basic rules on what you can and cannot wear into the workplace. And, And the reason that the company wants to do that, you know, certainly we'll get into what. Safety is in some cases the reason for a dress code, right? You need employees to be safe on the job, but also to project the image that the company wants to project you know even even on Zoom, but also when the you know people are in the office and coming in for meetings, things like that, you want to set a certain tone and companies employers are allowed to do that and then they should do that.
0: I've been podcasting for a long time, and over the pandemic, I noticed that even our uh guests who join us on shows tend to be a little bit more lax personally with their attire. As we are accustomed to seeing just like torso of one another, we really get to know each other's torso. Uh, The number of times I have seen people stand up to let the dog in or out of their office and be wearing their boxer shorts is non-zero, y'all. It is non-zero. And I I wonder how these, I mean, are are you seeing these kinds of stipulations being addressed in Dress codes, must wear pants if on camera, kind of thing.
2: I really haven't. So, you know, most of most of the employers that do have. Would a dress you please,
0: code, Sarah? Would you please start now today? Could we?
2: I've been looking for somebody to, up, to take yeah. up this cause. Must wear pants. <laughs> It's like, well, you can't muzzle their children or anything else, you know, I guess it kind of goes like the unexpected occurrences on Zoom calls, right? Children, yeah. pets, things like that. Um, yeah, no, I haven't. It really hasn't. It's The companies that are more concerned with dress code are ones that have people coming in. So far, it hasn't yes. really, I haven't seen a lot of rules around Zoom calls and dress.
0: Terry, let, let's talk about some of the uh, the actual uh, the things you are considering when it comes to working with uh, AIM member companies and helping them think about what are the exemptions to to dress codes? What are the considerations you have to have when building a dress code policy that works for that is inclusive?
1: And that, that's a great question, because things have changed with that as well. Um, you know, not too long ago, Massachusetts did pass the Crown Act Act. Um, for people, so you have to take into consideration that, um, and the Crown Act is creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. So, what they've done when they did that in uh, in workplaces or schools, primarily schools or public accommodation settings, is that they're saying that that's covered under uh, a race. So. In other words, that's going to be a potential category for racial discrimination. If for some reason somebody put something in their dress code policy related to the hairstyles that are allowed. Um, I haven't personally seen in human resources in all my years, um, too many policies that surrounded specifically around hair as much as it was, um, a, clothing, neat, neat appearance clothing and, um, I'm sure we'll talk about later the dreaded hygiene piece of a dress code. Um, so I think you have to take into consideration that there always could be uh, laws that are going to be impacted by dress code policies. There's always potential exemptions such as religious or disability exemptions that you have to continue uh, consider when you're looking at a dress code policy. Um, so all of those are, are are very, very important to start off when you're looking at a dress code co- policy creation in your workplace.
0: Well, you brought it up. We have to talk about hygiene. What are the hygiene considerations that we need to put in our dress code policy, Sarah?
2: It, it generally must be clean, uh, well-groomed, things like that. That's fine to put that into a dress code. I'd be fairly general about that. I don't think you have to have... Bathing requirements <laughs> over, um, you know, daily bathing should be assumed. But I would put it in fairly general terms because we, we do often hear of companies where they have somebody who has poor hygiene. It does become offensive to other people that work this you at least have to have the right to to speak to an employee. You know, your dress code is kind of the basis for that. Is dress grooming, etc. You know, it covers more than just attire, right? And and you have to be able to speak to somebody about that and make sure that they address it when when that does happen.
1: Right. And I think when it comes to, I know I'm kind of going back into the um, exemptions, Pete, but like with safety, um, as an example, when you were asking about the exemptions, um, there are scenarios where somebody has um, a requirement, even though there's safety equipment requirement, that they need an exemption due to a medical condition. So an example I ran across in HR a few times um, when I was requiring steel-toed shoes, there's people that might have a medical condition that does not allow them to have steel toe um any kind of steel or something like that touching their skin. So what was interesting is we did some research because we were in a manufacturing setting that required that for their protection and what we ended up doing is finding um something that they could put over the outside of their shoe that would protect their foot equally but it wouldn't impair their medical condition because it wouldn't touch their skin. So it was a a safety accommodation that was requested and that we were able to meet. Um, So that I think is um, an important example to cite because as Sarah was talking about policies and different pieces to put in there, um, you just have to be reasonable and open, as Sarah mentioned, to having those conversations because accommodations for disability do come up. Uh, during some of these dress code discussions.
0: Well, and it, it seems like the more you you actually specify in a dress code policy, the more potentially you could tie yourself in knots around trying to justify it or rationalize it, right? Especially when it comes to personal expression. Now, we're not talking about health and safety, but what about just this is my identity? This is how I e- express myself. I should be able to do that at work. How do you navigate the what I imagine could be complex Cs? Uh, uh,
2: an employer does have the right to limit, you know, they, they have, it doesn't, it isn't like a governmental entity, you know, restricting mm-hmm. what you can say and do, et cetera. They're trying to, they, they're, they can make rules about this. One, one good example in Massachusetts going way back was from uh, 2004, it was a Costco employee. They had a um, dress code that included you could not wear facial piercings while on the job. And, she filed a religious discrimination claim. She belongs to the Church of Body Modification. Okay. And yes, and and the court took the case up. They never questioned, one, the legitimacy of that as a religion or the sincerity of her beliefs. Yet they focused on what Terry was just talking about, this kind of interactive dialogue. Okay, we're going to have to find an accommodation for this. And the company, Costco, had said, you can just, cover it up with a bandaid while you're working. And that wasn't good enough for her. And I believe the, the court's decision was based on the fact that the employee wasn't being reasonable about that. Well, would, I, I don't know where exactly on her face, but she could have put a, a bandage over her eyebrow or even her nose, you know, if needed to just to get through the workday. Right. And she didn't wouldn't agree to that at all. So uh, it, there has to be this back and forth where both the employee can suggest accommodations, the employer can suggest accommodations. You find something that works.
0: So what do those conversations end up? So it sounds like you've just painted a picture of, of an unreasonable, potentially unresolved, uh, you know, or resolved by way of, I guess the employee could say, I'm going to work somewhere else, right? I mean, that's, that's one way to do it. But uh, how do these conversations around enforcement normally go, right? We're not, a, we don't need to go to court, but how can, if I'm listening to this as, as an HR pro, how do you guide me in having what could be these sensitive conversations about enforcement, of the policy with an employee that is is outside of that policy. Terry, you want to start?
1: Uh, sure. So as Sarah mentioned, the interactive discussion is the most important piece. It's just important to not ad- address any of these things that you might see in dress code policies. Um, so so strictly that you're not willing to listen and willing to understand what their perspective is, where they're coming from, because it could be something that could be resolved. As Sarah mentioned, um, you have to be open to the fact that there might be accommodations that are required. As I mentioned earlier, it might be disability. It might be a medical condition. Um, mm-hmm. It could be anything that um, you, you just need to be open. So I guess the, the best thing I can say is to, to not act quickly but to listen before you make decisions on how you're going to react to a complaint or, or something that somebody may have seen.
2: I agree. Yes. And it, it, private conversation with them. And sometimes they might even agree and say, okay, I probably shouldn't have worn that. Or, you know, if if they're wearing something that's inappropriate. Also um, a caution to employers is to be sure that if you, you enforce it consistently, don't pick and choose, you know, if the You're allowing 25 year olds to come in wearing, you know, things that are more revealing, sleeveless and low cut or whatever. Then you don't when somebody who's 65 comes in wearing the same thing, you know, that isn't the time to pull out the dress code if that's how everybody has been dressing. So you really do have to be consistent in your
1: enforcement of the dress code.
0: Have either of you worked under a restrictive dress code policy?
1: I mean, I have in manufacturing because it's really important from the safety perspective. So whether you worked out on the floor or you worked in the office, you had to be mindful of safety issues when you went out onto the floor. So you weren't wearing open-toed shoes. You were Mm -hmm. either wearing steel-toed shoes or you were staying within a certain path of what they considered a safe place to walk. Um, And the other piece was a lot of the manufacturing employees had to be very mindful of very loose clothing or loose hair that could get caught into a machine. Sure, so sure. that would be more restrictive as well. Um, I haven't worked in an environment where they really were specific about what you wore in your position. If you had to wear, for example, like a suit and tie kind of dress code, I haven't been in those. It was very much, you need to be professional looking because you're encountering customers on a regular basis. And then a lot of the restrictions fell more on the safety side.
0: Just as a as an aside, Terry, are there any uh, r- restrictions in and around use of uniforms?
1: When it comes to the state of Massachusetts, employers have to be mindful that they're not allowed to charge the employees for their uniforms or the cleaning of their uniforms um, so these are different than the federal laws, so I think a lot of employers that I've spoken to um, have been very tempted to say, I'm going to charge all of my employees to purchase the uniforms, to clean the uniforms. And then if they leave 10 years later, I'm going to charge them full price for that uniform they didn't return, um, which obviously wouldn't go over well in Massachusetts. But also in general, I don't think from 10 years of washing that your uniform is still worth the same thing it was when you bought it, right. just like any clothing. So I think there, there are some landmines for, for employers to be very aware of when it comes to trying to charge people. For uniforms.
0: My last example of working in an organization with a more restrictive dress code was un, it, it was almost an undocumented dress code for a time. And then the CEO who had a more traditional background uh, came out and said, OK, men are in suit and ties. Women are in uh, suit dresses like there's just dresses with um, some sort of hose or stocking and, you know, traditional like heels that to to look the part of a feminine businesswoman. That was the whole ideal. And we were at a time when the women on staff did not care for that. And we ended up seeing not an individual pushback, not an individual case, but a, a case of the women sort of naturally banding together and pushing against all of those boundaries. You're in HR, you start seeing that happen, and you know that it's the CEO that has this rather, you know, um, let's say parochial standard of of dress in an organization how do you how do you guide against toward uh, mediating between these two forces
2: i haven't seen as many gender based you know restrictions that seems to have gone away but at the time in the law still stands that they still can be enforced where it's you know based on gender for different rules, as long as it isn't more burdensome on one gender versus another. You know, somebody has these expensive requirements where they're going to have to do lots of dry cleaning, for example, or buy lots of makeup and, you know, nice clothes. Meanwhile, the guys are wearing jeans and t-shirts, you know, those clearly would be unacceptable. They look at the burden, but I I think companies themselves have becoming much, they're they're becoming much more relaxed. You know, I know that I read about an airline recently and the flight crews, they have very strict rules about around their appearance and their attire, dress code. And one of them lifted all gender rules, you know, so that anybody can wear makeup, skirts, whatever. They just decided we're we're not, we're going to do it just across the board where they have some rules around, you know, appearance generally, but you can wear whichever choice of uniform items you know that you decide you want to wear and um so i think i think companies on their own have been moving away from that just because it it can be discriminatory of course you know so you're not seeing that as much i know that there was a case in massachusetts years ago had to do with um a bartender that had is a male bartender that had his ear pierced and i in in the females, of course, could wear the earrings, but he was supposed to take his out for work. And um, I, I think at that time it was it was held. It was the, the rule was upheld, but I don't think it would be today. You know, I, I can't remember exactly what the circumstances were, but, but the, the gender based um, rules are kind of going away.
0: Well, it's part of the reason I bring it up, because I, I know that gender-based rules were the things that we were pushing against at one time. And I'm wondering, what are the things we're pushing against now? Like, what are the cases that employers are looking at that are saying, you know, as you say, we're going to get rid of any gender bias at, at, at all in our policy? Is that the next sort of frontier for for dress policies? What are, if we're, if we're to peek across that particular horizon, what are HR pros looking at, or what should they be looking at in terms of, of dress code?
1: I do think what Sarah's saying is true. I think because um, everybody is being more aware of um, of what the needs are of the employees, because it is hard to find employees in the labor market right now. So making sure that you make your work environment as friendly to employees and certainly an inclusive work environment is all very important to a lot of people that are looking for jobs now they're looking to align their beliefs and their values with a company so when you're looking at something even like a dress code it's going to be important to them that they can they can be themselves they can they can feel like the company is open to everybody and that you know that that everybody has a way of of being accepted in the organization for, for themselves. Um, And then as you mentioned at the beginning, Pete, with the pandemic, I think people don't want to spend the kind of money they may have spent in the past for, for different, um, dress that they might have at the workplace. So you don't really see the suit and ties, as I mentioned earlier. You don't see people that want to have to do all of that and spend that kind of excess money to get into the workplace. And even in a hybrid environment that you were alluding to, Pete, I mean, I think you're right. There's definitely employers that are telling people you have to be looking professional and neat um, for the purpose of your camera meetings. Um, So they're not showing up in you know their sweats if they're in front of a customer or their pajamas perhaps. Um, But you know that's only the things that that happen in the workplace where you're trying to listen, but you're also trying to make sure that you're in a business environment and that your customers accept accept all of you at your company. Um, So I'd say that's probably my initial reaction, Sarah. I don't know if you have anything additional.
2: I agree. I agree, and they're they're pretty broad-based rules. You know, I think you see less and less certain things that you must wear or cannot wear, that kind of thing. It's more professional attire, you know, be it on Zoom or in the workplace. Just wear pants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pete,
1: I haven't had had that (laughs) problem on a Zoom call before, so I'm not sure what you're
0: all You're I'm going to say, there, hey, but... <laughs> you we haven't had that problem yet. Let me tell you, one day you cross that particular Rubicon, and then it's the whole world changes. I know. Uh, well, no, I it's... sure appreciate uh, both of you and this education. It's a much more complicated topic than than I think we give credit to generally, and I appreciate having the appreciate having the discussion. And I hope that those listening realize broader areas that they need to be focusing on to make sure they develop a policy that's that is. safe and inclusive and respectful and um, also includes pants on Zoom calls. Thank you, Terry, and thank you, Sarah, for (laughs) being here. Uh, And thank you all for downloading and listening to this show. As always, you can find links and notes about the show at aimhrsolutions.com. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else fine podcasts are served. On behalf of Sarah Piscatelli and Terry Cook, I'm Pete Wright. We'll catch you next week right here on human solutions simplifying hr for people who love hr